Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. We live in a world of breaking news. That statement is true on so many levels these days. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And if you watch network, cable, or social media news, every day there seems to be something new and different happening that could impact your life. What's a person to do? Well, you can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com, follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com, find us at our website, www.redpiltorah.com, as well as on Facebook, Twitter, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Deezer, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and even YouTube. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Feel free to make a comment or ask a question. And we want to also send a big shout out to our listeners in Indiana and Ohio. Amen. So you know, the month of December in the Western world is supposed to be a month in which we focus on peace and joy. The Hanukkah season, as understood by most of the world, is simply the Jewish answer to Christmas, right? There are gifts, games, food, and festivities. Christmas lights are up and the pressure is on to get you to spend more money to make yourself and other people happy. Some people celebrate Kwanzaa, highlighting admirable values and unity in the African-American community. Whatever the celebration, my point is that this is supposed to be a festive time in the Western world. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men, except this year seems different. Maybe it's the limitations placed on everyday life due to the coronavirus Mm -hmm. or the unprecedented protesting, rioting, and looting that popped up across the country or the ongoing turmoil surrounding the latest election. It could be the computer hacking and other aggressive acts uh, that have been perpetrated against our country by other nations. Tim, the talk of peace on earth and goodwill towards men is not a dominant message this year. I agree. Conflict seems to be the underlying theme. Some say the U.S. election is over. Others say it isn't. What used to be seen as free speech in the United States is being screened and blocked in Western media. Beliefs that were once commonly agreed upon is now considered hate speech. Maybe there is conflict in your life or in the lives of people who are dear to you. In this podcast, we want to look to the Torah and the Tanakh, for direction in these times of conflict. Amen, Mama. You know, a couple of weeks ago, the Torah portion included the story of Jacob making peace with his father-in-law, Laban. When they parted ways, Jacob and his people went towards the land where his twin brother Esau lived. Genesis 32, starting at verse 3, says, Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to Esau, his brother, toward the land of Seir, the country of Edom. With these instructions, here is what you are to say to my lord Esau. Your servant Jacob says, I've been living with Laban and have stayed with him until now. I have cattle, donkeys, and flocks, and male and female servants. I'm sending word out to you to make sure things are cool or friendly between us. The messengers returned to Jacob saying, Hey, we went to your brother Esau and he's coming to meet you. And he's bringing 400 men. When they were last together, Esau was very angry with Jacob 
over his taking the birthright blessing. It really looked like Jacob was in some serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Jacob prayed to Jehovah for protection. In his prayer, he mentioned the instructions Jehovah given and the covenant that Jehovah had made. Starting in Genesis 32, verse 9, Jacob prayed, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, Jehovah, who told me, return to your country and to your kinsmen, and I will do you good. I'm not worthy of all the love and faithfulness you have shown your servant since I crossed the Jordan with only my staff. But now I have become two camps. Please rescue me from my brother Esau. I'm afraid of him, afraid he'll come and attack me without regard for mothers or children. You said, I will certainly do you good and make your descendants as numerous as the grains of sand by the sea, which are so many they can't be counted. As we know, what looked like an impending slaughter turned out to be a peaceful resolution, despite Esau's obvious intentions. Mm -hmm. In Exodus 14, we read about Israel after they had left Egypt. The Egyptian army had seemingly cornered them with mountains on both sides and the Gulf of Aqaba and the Red Sea in front of them. Exodus 14, starting at verse 10, says, In great fear, the people of Israel cried out to Jehovah and said to Moshe, Was it because there weren't enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out to die in the desert? Why have you done this to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we tell you in Egypt to let us alone? We'll just go on being slaves for the Egyptians. Would it be better for us to be the Egyptian slaves than to die in the desert? I think they said it would be. Moshe answered the people, chill. <laughs> By the way, now that's Tim speak for calm down. Moshe said, stand still and see the Yeshua or the salvation of Yehovah. He will do it today. Today you have seen the Egyptians, but you will never see them again. Yehovah will do battle for you. Just chill, or be cool, or hey, calm down. We know how that turned out. After he made a way for Israel to escape, the mighty one of Israel washed away the armies of Egypt. It looked like it was going to be a real problem, but to our Elohim, the outcome was never in question. Next, we look to Second Chronicles chapter 32, which tells us the story of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, who intended to assault Judah. Hezekiah had been completing projects to restore the true worship of Elohim when this threat presented itself. Hezekiah consulted with his military advisors and other leaders and then took action. First, they, did, they diverted the water supplies coming into the land to deprive the invaders of water. Starting in verse 5, we read that he rebuilt all of the broken sections of the wall, raised towers on it, built another wall outside of that, strengthened the Milo in the city of David, and made a large quantity of spears and shields. He appointed military commanders over the people, then gathered them before him in the open space at the city gate and spoke these words of encouragement to them. Be strong, take courage, don't be afraid or distressed on account of the king of Assyria or all of the hordes he brings with him. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. He has human strength, but we have Jehovah, our Elohim, to help us and fight our battles. 
the people took heart at the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. The armies of Assyria came and surrounded Jerusalem. They shouted threats and all kinds of fake news at the Jews in the city, even using the Hebrew language. Reading from Second Chronicles 32, starting at verse 17, Sennacherib also wrote a letter insulting Yehovah, the Elohim of Israel, mm. and speaking against him. It said, just as the gods of the nations of the other countries could not rescue their people from me, likewise Hezekiah's God will not rescue his people from me. They were shouting loudly in the language of the Jews to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall in order to terrify them and make them fearful so that they could capture the city. They spoke about the Elohim of Jerusalem in the same way as about the gods of the other peoples of the earth, which are merely human artifacts. Because of this, King Hezekiah and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amotz, prayed and cried out to heaven. Then Yehovah sent an angel who cut down the valiant warriors, the leaders, and the officers in the king of Assyria's camp so that he had to return in shame to his own country. When he entered the house of his God, his own sons, whom he himself had fathered, killed him with the sword there. Guess they snatched his rib or something. Anyway, um, in this way, Yehovah rescued Hezekiah and those living in Jerusalem from Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and from everyone, caring for them in every way. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Our last example comes from Second Kings chapter 6, starting with verse 8. Now the king of Aram went to war against Israel, and in consulting his servants he said, I'll set up my ambush camp in such and such a place. The man of Elohim sent this message to the king of Israel. Be careful not to go past such and such a place, because Aram will attack there. So the king of Israel sent men to the place the man of Elohim had told him and had warned him about, and he took special precautions there. This happened more than once or twice, and it greatly upset the king of Aram. He called his servants and said to them, Tell me which of you is betraying us to the king of Israel. One of his servants replied, It's not that, my lord, king. Rather, Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel, the words you speak privately in your own bedroom. The king said, go and see where he is so that I can send and bring him here. They told him he is in Dothan. So he sent horses, chariots, and a large army there. They came by night and surrounded the city. The servant of the man of God of El the servant of the man of Elohim got up early in the morning on going outside, he saw an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. His servant said to him, Oh, my master, this is terrible. What are we going to do? He answered, Don't be afraid. Those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Elisha prayed, Elohim or Jehovah, I ask that you open his eyes so that he can see. Then Jehovah opened his eyes and he saw. And there before him, all around Elisha, the mountain was covered with horses and fiery chariots. At Elisha's request, Elohim blinded all the soldiers. Elisha led them into Shamron, 
a place where they were surrounded by the armies of Israel. At the direction of Elisha, the king of Israel fed them a great meal and sent them away. These invaders never returned. Now we get to the point of this week's podcast. These four stories from the scriptures are relevant to us as believers today. Miss, let's talk about how they are relevant to us. We'll do. These stories remind us that our Elohim is a mighty deliverer. He knows the end from the beginning. That faith comes by hearing over and over the word of Elohim. And that if we find ourselves discouraged by news, social media, or current events, we can take a break from it, replacing that time with more time in the word of Jehovah. When we do, we remind ourselves out loud of the things he's done in the past as written in his word and for us personally. Let's think over our connection to his covenants, the reason why he's willing to deliver us, just as he did our fathers. For a refresher on the covenants, check out our episodes 23 through 26. Yeah, those were pretty good, I think. First Corinthians chapter 10 recounts some of Israel's documented missteps from the Torah. Starting at verse 11, we read that now these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the Akarit Hayamim, or the fulfillment of the ages, has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he is standing up be careful not to fall. No temptation has seized you beyond what people normally experience. And you can trust Elohim not to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. On the contrary, along with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so that you'll be able to endure. There's a lot of drama going on in the world today that might cause our hearts to be troubled. We see problems from our perspective, but let's look again. Let's see our world from Jehovah's perspective. Let's align ourselves with his agenda, putting our trust in him. He will accomplish his perfect will for all his creation. And we as believers have blessings ahead of us if we only hold fast to his word. So what would you do if you discover that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs are out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and live with the confusion that comes from the news and social media? Or would you take the red pill and find perspective in the word of Elohim? Only you can answer that question. Mm -hmm. Sources of news, particularly trustworthy ones, are important in order to stay aware of current events. As believers, we base our perspective on the word of Elohim. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we've shared and talk about it with your family and friends. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you you can can handle handle the truth. truth.